$167,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? It's a charming tune. Hello and welcome to the 38th episode of Bond Music, Six of the Best, our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks and spinoff recordings and all that stuff. And this time around, we're going to explore the sounds of Phoenix Rising 007, a James Bond concept album from the composer-arranger Rich Douglas. I am Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Joining me, as always, is my best friend in the world is Alan J. Porter. Welcome back, Alan. Thank you, Jared. I think this should be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to it. I am, I am. Now, if you're new to the show, here is our format. Uh, we basically take turns as to who has the lead. This episode, Alan has the lead. He's going to give us a discussion of sort of the overall album, any kind of neat stuff he found out digging around the internets about it. And then he's going to pick three of his favorite tracks. I will pick three of my favorite tracks from what he has left behind, and that should give you six of the best. And with that, I will pass it to Alan to let us know what he discovered around this interesting concept. You know what, Alan, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Well, actually, what we normally start off with is where did we first hear about this? Like many of the things that I've brought to the show in the last six months or so, it was on Twitter. The Bond community on Twitter, I saw somebody mention it. And I think I just went out that evening and put in Phoenix 007 into Spotify and the whole this album came up. And I didn't know if it was like a single track or an album or, or what it was. I just saw mention of Phoenix 007 and literally had no idea what it was and other than it was available on Spotify. So uh, plugged it in and was very pleasantly surprised by what I found. I thought this would be a great item to cover on the podcast. And as we'll talk about later on uh, in a couple of minutes, so did somebody else, which wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to mention his name, though, because you said, how do we first hear about this? Well, I first heard about it from you last recording. You were like, this is what I want to bring. And of course, I'd seen it in the notes a couple of days earlier. I didn't know what it was. I was like, I, I trust him. Right. And <laughs> you told me what it was. And we pulled it up on YouTube together and kind of looked at it. And I'll save the interesting coincidence since you were clearly going to talk about it <laughs> anyways. But the very first thing I saw on Twitter after we got done recording was something around this. And I'll let you, I'll let you have it. But. You told me about it, and then before the world even knew what we were doing. You're right. So just after we recorded the previous episode, in which I'd actually said that I wanted to do Phoenix Rising on this episode, I don't know, it must have been about an hour later? I mean... If that. If that. We literally <laughs> just finished recording and gone and grabbed a coffee or whatever, and I got the, a text from Jared says, you're never going to believe this. And then on Twitter... There was a note from Frank, who goes by the name of uh, Goldeneye97 on Twitter. I, sorry, Frank, I don't know your last name, but literally within an hour, suggesting that we take a look at the work of Rich Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And he actually said, you want to look at Phoenix Rising. And he also mentioned his Never Say Never Again and orchestral cover album for the GoldenEye 007 N64 game, which I'm sure Jared would be very interested in. So yeah, it was just one of those weird coincidences. We'd literally talked about it while recording the end of the last show. And within an hour, if that, (laughs) one of the folks who very kindly follows the show and posts occasional notes on Twitter said, hey, you guys should take a look at this. Really weird because I literally just mentioned it. So I don't know (laughs) what was going on in the universe that that particular Sunday afternoon, but uh, we were clearly on the same wavelength. Yeah, Frank is a good dude. He's a big, 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 big GoldenEye on the N64 player. Like we're talking the mod community deep into it. Uh, He was on my video game documentary that I did on the network for that. And I think a couple other games. He's a he's a good cat and a supporter of the show. So thanks, Psychic Frank. We'll call him Psychic Frank. Yeah, yeah, I think you're going to be Psychic Frank from now on. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for backing my pick, Frank. I really appreciate it. Jared said about sort of, you know, what could we find out about it? To be honest, not too much. Rich Douglas is a composer and sound designer who describes himself on his website as having a deep passion for storytelling and categorizes his work as a blend of genres to create captivating and emotionally charged soundscapes. And I wouldn't disagree with that statement. According to the bio on his website, he graduated from Guildhall at SMU. My apologies. I don't know which particular college SMU relates to but i've heard of it i think it's in texas i'll get back to you (laughs) anyway he he graduated from the guildhall at smu with a focus on game design and says he has a versatile approach seamlessly blending orchestral arrangements with electronic textures and ethnic influences to create distinctive and immersive sonic experiences and this is going to be way more in jared's ballpark is a good sporting metaphor, but he has composed for various media um, and notable game scores. And as I'm not a gamer, this probably means nothing to me, but games include Shadowgate VR, Insurgency, Stranger Things the Game, I know that, that's a TV show, and Lifeless Moon. As well as his main website at richdouglas.net, he has samples of his work. Rich also has a, a specific James Bond music archive website, and we will put the link in the show notes which actually highlights his love of 007 music. And there you can find three albums that he's done, The Golden Bullet in 2011 and Bonded in 2010 and Twilight of Danger in 2002, as well as links to download many of the individual tracks. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like the website's been updated since 2012, as it doesn't include this album, the Phoenix 007 project, nor the other two that we mentioned earlier, the Never Say Never or GoldenEye albums. He does, however, have an active YouTube channel at Rich Douglas where you can find this album plus many other of his Bond-related tracks as well as music related to other movie and game properties. And I spent way too much time digging into listening to his stuff (laughs) beyond just the Phoenix 007 stuff. So I highly recommend that. If you like this, go check out his YouTube channel and lose a few hours there. I couldn't find out much about this particular project beyond what Richard posted about it, uh, that the album features around 30 minutes of previously or unofficially released James Bond music, which he'd recorded between the years 2006 and 2012. All the covers are properly and legally licensed, which is always good to know. And the Bond theme is woven, he says, into every single track in some form or fashion. I'd be interested to know if Jared spotted it in every (laughs) single track. Yeah, I noticed it popped up a lot. I didn't know he had it in every track, but I did notice it showing up in 
in interesting ways. So yeah, yes, definitely, job. definitely. It was released on March 31st this year. That's March 31st, 2023, uh, and features 16 tracks and runs to a total of around 31 minutes and 40 seconds. And as well as being on YouTube, you can find it on Spotify, which is where I mentioned I first listened to it, iTunes, Amazon Music, and Bandcamp. Actually, as I was doing the research, I actually found, according to Rich's Twitter account, he's based right here in Austin, Texas, which was uh, talk about small world. So if you're listening, Rich, drop me a note. Maybe we can grab a coffee and talk Bond music. Though you'll know more about it than I will. So, In fact, anybody <laughs> we, knows more about it than Jeffrey. We and Grass would try to figure out what the names <laughs> of the instruments are. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> Southern Methodist University, which is in Texas. Okay. Thank you. I, I should have known that, but all right. Okay. So... Overall thoughts on the album, Jared? What did you think? I was really impressed. I thought this was a really nice showcasing of a talent at right at 30 minutes. It doesn't demand a lot of you, but it feels like you get more than 30 minutes worth out of it. I I feel like he's a talented guy who has a good channeling of Barry and David Arnold kind of mixed together. I I think he's clearly a fan. Because to mix those two things so well, I think you'd almost have to be. And I mean, if you're going to spend this much time making tracks, he's probably a fan too. But yeah, dude is very talented. And if they announced, you know, for the next uh, new new arc of Bond films that this is going to be the guy, I would be very pleased. Yeah, I'm with you. As you say, clearly plays to the Barry and Arnold influences. We'll talk a bit. I'm sure each of us talk a bit about that as we go through. I'd say, you know, but coming from the game background, I was a little unsure uh, because, again, it's not really, you know, something I'm into. And let's be honest, some of the game music that Jared's thrown my way has not exactly set me alight. Um, but you've liked a lot of it, too. Let's be fair. I have, I was, I, you didn't let me finish. But there is a lot of it I have liked, yes. So, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. And like you said, at 30 minutes, it's short enough to be engaging, but it doesn't feel like it's short. Like you said, it's like... It just stayed with me for a while. It felt like listening to a, really a full album's worth of music, even though it was only mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And that's not because it dragged. I think it just because it stays with you. All right. So with that, let's stop chattering about the music and actually go listen to some of it. it was, this was my pick. I'm going to kick things off with my first pick. And it is, in fact, track number one, uh, which is You Know the Number. And I thought it was just a cracking way to open the album, the project, however you want to talk about this collection of music. You know you're in for something different and exciting, yet it's, as we just talked about, it respects the source material. It's a perfect blend of John Barry and David Arnold, but it also has its own distinct flavor, I think. It's very recognizable for what it is. Having listened to a lot of his other stuff, also recognizable as a a Rich Douglas track. So with that, let's give it a whirl.
So I actually listened to this again, made me think, I think this would work as a cue for a pre-title sequence for a pre-credit sequence. What do you think? I agree. It occurred to me too. It also sounds like really good trailer music. Although he's got a track that neither one of us picked called obligatory James Bond trailer music. <laughs> but you're right. It It's very grab your attention early, hit the action fast. I love the name of the track. You know, the number that's just cool. It delivered on a cool track name. Like I saw them, they saw the name, you know, the number I thought, okay. And I heard the track and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> I like it. So yeah, very, very good. Strong start. Yeah, definitely. So well, we're going to do something different for my second pick. We're actually going to jump all the way to track 11. And the only thing I'm going to say about this track 11 snowmobile pursuit is I just wrote a brilliant and fun homage to bond 77. That's all I really need to say. So let's give it a go. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. 
don't think anything else needs to be said. The only additional thing I'll say is it feels like if Bond 77 was all of a sudden Bond 97, like as if the Marvin Hamlish tune had been written for Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, I get that. There's a very David Arnold, Pierce Brosnan vibe to all of these tracks. Yeah, it, there really is. And yeah, it's great. It's great fun. It really, you know, makes you smile with that whole Bond 77 thing, but it doesn't feel like a dated 70s disco tune. And I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I love Bond 77. It just gives it that sort of injection of, you know, that Brosnan injection. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And you're right. Bond 77 doesn't never feels dated to me anyway, even though it is very much of its time. It's <laughs> it's very 70s, but it like it's still just so much. It just fun. makes you smile, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All right. So for my third and final pick, this will come as no surprise to anybody who is a regular listener to this show. I have gone for my obligatory on a Majesty's Secret Service theme related pick. This is a. Uh, called For Queen and Country, and it's a montage approach which melds John Barry's We Have All the Time in the World, the Majesty's theme, over and out cue, the James Bond theme, and the Blofeld's plot theme. Add to that a relentless driving beat that gives a real sense of action, and it's all just in two minutes and 20 seconds. It sounds like it's going to be a complete mishmash, but it's not. To me, it's like a great summary of my favorite Bond music in just two minutes and a little bit.
I love that bit in the middle that makes me always think it's stopped. When it goes from the Majesty's theme and it, there's just that wider one, two second break and then it goes into all the time in the world. I don't mm. know why, I just, I just enjoy that. Because mm. it's like, oh, it's stopped. And it's like, oh, no, there's more to come. It's <laughs> <laughs> more really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I think for me, this is my standout track. I think I'm not just because it's Majesty's, but I just love the way that is. The others is taken one or two things and melded together, but this is just taken so many cues and just put them seamless together to give a, an overall experience. I think is uh, like I said for me, it's uh, the standout track. I 100% agree. I put this playlist on while I was drawing something, and I'm listening to it. I'm very much enjoying it, and then I hear that bum bum bum, and I was like, oh, I got to pick that. Didn't even finish the thought, and I was like, that he's picked it. He's already picked it. He's already picked it. Pulled up the script, and sure enough, there it was on your pick list. And I was like, ah, that cue just always makes me feel something. And um, all the time in the world always makes me feel something. And he blended them so nicely. It's an emotional track for me. I love it. It hits yeah, me right in the field. Right. It was actually my first pick, but I actually made it number three on my pick. Oh, yeah. I, I, I figured you were building towards <laughs> something. <laughs> so since I stole that one from Jared, let's pass it back to Jared to see what he did come up with. All right. Well, as you and I talked about before the recording, I think I told you it's one of those albums, if you will, or set of tracks where you could really just throw a dart and hit one. And I like them all. So (laughs) I just went through and kind of said, oh, that one kind of caught my ear. This one kind of caught my ear. We will start. My first pick will be track eight. It is called The Exchange. This is one of those tracks that takes you on a 007 journey with sounds of danger intrigue sneaky bond and it's full of that confident james bond swagger so let's listen to track eight the exchange
because someone around here has to pick an ominous track, Alan. <laughs> Might as well be me. What you think? I know you like that ominous beginning. I do. And you know what I really like is about a minute from the end, the tonal shift. And I mean, it's a good way. There's a very definite tonal shift towards what you term the swagger that kicks in about a minute mm-hmm. from the end of the track. And I like that. You, you're sort of in one frame of mind with it. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, like a good Bond movie. You know, it's got that good climax type mm-hmm. last, last arc. Yeah, overall, like you said, there's no bad track on this album. There's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this this is a good one. Yeah, I really like the little punctuation with the with the brass, the quick blats of the horns, you know, just, yeah, from ominous to sneaky to you can just kind of see Bond walking away with a smile on his face and yeah, knowing he's the man. So, yeah. look at you showing off naming musical instruments. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're really raising the rent around here, folks. <laughs> All right, let's get into my second pick, which is going to be track two. It's a little known track called the James Bond theme. And we all know that this is my contractual obligation, especially when I hear a Bond theme that I think has a nice, uh, unique, bring something new to it. I like the underlying dangerous sound this one has, much like the previous track. This one has a sound of danger to it that I hear. And I did say it's a perfect blend of Barry and Arnold. And if you're going to release a James Bond concept album like our man here did, you better nail the main theme. And I think he did, but I'll let you listen and decide. Did he nail it for you? Definitely did. Like I said, the, the Majesty's Montage was my first pick. This was actually my second pick. You're too kind. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> and then I went through and it's like, oh, no, I like that one as well. I like that one as well. Okay, I'm going to leave the Bond theme for Jared. So, yeah. good to me. Uh, yeah, I am. No, I think it was really good. Like I said, I think it follows on from that opening, you know, the number track really well because that works as like a, like I said, a pre-credit sequence. And then you got bang straight into the, to the Bond theme. So I think the two of them actually flow together very well. 
Yeah, I, I kind of like the way he kind of got a little raw and funky with the drums and then back to sort of that refined, almost video game sounding. It's good blend. This guy knows how to blend. Good, good stuff. Two thumbs up from six of the best here on our Majesty Secret Podcast Network for our boy Rich. So hey, far. we're not on, we're not on the ratings bit yet. We have got to do your next track before we just do saying, it. just saying, he's doing yeah, good. Just he's just, on, just jumping again here, Jared. He's on he's on a glide path to success. I feel. <laughs> All right, I don't know if you saw my notes, but I'm about to cheat, Alan. Yeah, I did. You can't, you can't count. But then again, <laughs> when have we ever been able to count on this show? So. Let me be. Uh, let me rephrase this properly. For my third and final picks, plural. <laughs> I've chosen Gun Barrel 2007 and Gun Barrel 2008. They are tracks 14 and 15. I know I cheated. I was supposed to pick one, but he provide, and they're very short. They're very short. In fact, we'll go ahead and just listen to both of these Gun Barrel tracks back to back. And I just wanted to kick a discussion off with Alan to see which one he liked better. So we're going to listen to tracks 14 and 15 back to back. Gun Barrel 2007, Gun Barrel 2008. Alan, which one do you like? Well, having spent the last week listening to remixes of the Beatles' Red and Blue albums and comparing them to the originals, which you can, by the way, listen to all my thoughts on Before They Were Beatles podcast episode 26, coming your way soon. <laughs> Actually, it's already out. I'm sure it'll be on the LBC network soon as well. I was like tuned in, trying to, you know, trying to listen to the, the two differently. And I thought, why am I trying to sort of like decompose these? I should just sit back and listen to them Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not actually try and break it down taking that approach i think i've enjoyed the 2008 mix more than the 2007 mix the 2007 mix i appreciate for what it was i thought it had an interesting different take but the 2008 mix got me visualizing the gun barrel the 2007 mix i liked if you like creatively but i didn't get that picture in my head the 2008 one as soon as it's First couple of notes that I had the picture of the gun barrel in my head. So that's the one that gets the thumbs up. All right. I did something kind of similar. I just kind of closed my eyes and I pictured that gun barrel coming on screen from right to left and listened to them both. And I liked them both a lot. The first one sort of had a high energy sort of buzz to it that I liked. And then the second one had a fuller, more classic Bond gun barrel sound to it. And it was easier to picture Bond walking down that gun barrel scene in 2008. So it will get my vote as well, although I certainly enjoyed 2007. Yeah, same here. And with that very scientific um, <laughs> experiment concluded, we'll let uh, Jared talk about what he was going to talk about in a minute, which is rating this album, this concept album. So on this show, we rate... Our choices from one to seven based on how much we feel this album should be in a Bond fan's audio library. Um, so, Jared, what do you reckon? 
Well, Alan, I really like this album. All my instincts say to give it a seven. I'm going to reel that in. I say there was a but there. Oh, literally there was to a six just because I'm old and I like my James Bond music collection. I like to physically hold it. And this is not available in any physical format. There's no CD. There's no cassette tape. There's, there's no LP. I'm telling you, if I think, I think if I had this, I was holding it in my hand right now. I think the excitement of that alone would bump me to the seven. But as it is sort of a digital thing, which is not, it's not Rich's fault. So uh, Rich, if you're listening, know that in my heart, your music is a seven. But as far as a collector, I'm going to give it a six. Because I want to hold it. I want to put it on my shelf next to all my other stuff, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, and I totally agree, actually. Like we said, we've always sort of the seven is like the official soundtracks, the good official soundtracks. And the David Arnold stuff is like, that's the seven benchmark. It literally sits on your shelf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, I like my physical media. I, I, I listen to digital stuff clearly because I said, you know, I logged into Spotify to, to listen to this and would listen to it on YouTube. No problem with digital media, but like you, I like my Bond music. I like my physical media um, being the, more on the vinyl than the cassette tapes. I would love this on a, you know, an EP or something like that. Um, you know, a 12 inch EP, this would be really cool. So yeah, uh, like you, I think this is as good as you can get without it being an official release. Well said. Uh, so um, I'm going to give it a six. Ah, well said, well said. And I definitely agree. And I, if the production guys, uh, Barbara and um, Michael, thank you, called me tomorrow and said, hey, we need you to recommend somebody. I would recommend this guy in heartbeat. Yeah. Like you said, if, if they announced it, but for Bond 26 and everybody else went, who I'd be like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, there'd be like eight of us. They're like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, you, and six of our listeners. That listen. <laughs> I don't, maybe he's got a bigger following out there. I don't know. I'm sure he, he does. Although it did depress me a little that I we're, you know, I got the tracks directly from his YouTube page. He's got almost 5,000 subscribers, which is nice. This concept album that he posted only has 117 likes. What? And one of those is me. Okay. So, uh, I need all of our listeners, which is... Actually, and the other, one of the others is me. So. Okay. Well, I, so I need basically <laughs> Bruce and Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my brother, Jason. Go to YouTube. Check out Phoenix Rising 007 by Rich Douglas. Give this a like, man. It deserves to have more than 117 likes. It really yes. does. All right. With that plug out of the way, because I really do think he needs to be heard by more Bond fans. Definitely. Hopefully, we're doing our part. But that is all the glow up we can do because that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Six of the Best. If you've got a question or a comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or you can comment on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at ohmspod. And we'd certainly appreciate it if you subscribe to Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast on however you are listening to your podcast. Ratings and reviews are also very much appreciated. And if you want to chat with us personally on social media, I am at Yard Sale Artist on the X or the Facebook or the Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Alan. So for James Bond stuff, you can find me on Twitter X at Bond Lexicon and on Tumblr and Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And of course, we have the James Bond Lexicon.online website, which is the companion website to our book, the James Bond Lexicon, available from all good online 
book retailers, uh, just take your pick and uh, go order a copy because it's an awesome book. <laughs> it is. Am I, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I mean, okay, all right. you can say your own book is awesome, but I'll back you up. I have a copy of it. Delvin used it on a recent. He did. I was flabbergasted <laughs> that Delvin actually looked something up in it. That was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, no, definitely check out Bond Lexicon. It's a great book. It's a great book to just uh, flip through. Uh, the story on it makes no sense, though, Alan. I got it. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the guy that reviewed Alan's book. Uh, yeah, my first review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it didn't make sense. It's like it's a lexicon. It's not a story. <laughs> Anyways, so thank you for joining us for this episode. As we said, this episode's tracks are from the Phoenix Rising 007, a James Bond concept album by Rich Douglas. Go support Rich because we love his work. And as always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl, and please support the Bond creative community. But before we go, I have a special announcement. After a lot of thoughts, which will come as a great surprise to any of you who've listened to these shows before that we do actually occasionally think about things, but after a lot of thought and discussion, uh, Jared and I have decided that the next episode will be our final episode of the Bond Music Six of the Best series. We will be rounding out the series with this special Best of Six of the Best show, Probably not the best title, but <laughs> I'm, going to see how many, like I'm going to see how many more times I can get the word best in here. <laughs> anyway, we'll be rounding out the series with a special best of show, um, during which we'll also be making an announcement on what we have planned for this recording slot going forward. We're not going away. We're just switching to a new show. So join us next time to find out what we're going to be doing going forward. So we will see you next time for our best of send off. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm really excited about what we have coming up to replace Six of the Best. And you guys should be too, but we'll talk about it next episode. See you then. Bye. Bye.